Hey folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Today, we're talking to Ethan. Ethan, how are you today? I am good, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I went out for a little walk. I've already been out and about in the sunshine. Um, got my steps in, so I feel good today. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that I'll, I'll start off with, I know that you are a native Vermonter. Um, so can you tell us a bit about growing up, uh, what it was like for you in Franklin County? Yeah. Um, technically, yes. I wasn't born in Vermont. Whatever. Okay. I was, um, so I, was born in, I was born in Philadelphia, and I was adopted when I was six weeks old. So, like, technically, like my passport says Philadelphia, which is, which is cute. But the, um, for obviously, Vermont's all I've ever known, right? Like, six weeks old, you don't have a race at that point. But, um, the, yeah, so growing up in, so you've been Georgia, Vermont, for anyone that knows. Georgia! Yep. Now, would you say that you have Georgia on your mind? Sorry, I, <laughs> that was a, a Ray Charles reference that I did not need to make. I apologize. Continue, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it was it was a good I think it was a good place to grow up and it probably still is a good place to grow up um there's not like like I don't think there's a single traffic light in the town to be honest I think that's like a fun fact I can't think of where there is a traffic light in Georgia um but it was it's a nice small town to grow up in at, at least for me like the people are nice um the like you don't have to worry about your kids getting snatched up or whatever if they're out playing in the neighborhood and whatnot. Like you can ride your bike to like your friend's house and whatnot. Um, so it was really nice in, in that respect, like going outdoors is something that you can just do, right? It's not like in New York city or something like that, where when you go outside, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of dangers. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that you wouldn't want around your children just because there's a lot of people. Yeah. So um, it was, I think it was a nice place to grow up. Um, the community, I would assume the community probably hasn't changed much, but um, as far as like how people treated me and everything growing up, um, I thought was I thought was really good. Um, the at like that, so I went to Georgia Elementary School, uh, and the teachers were really nice there for the for the most part, right? Obviously, everyone we've all had that one teacher that we. Um, <laughs> um feel, feel free to put that one teacher on blast <laughs> that now is no, your chance it's not gonna bother <laughs> um it, it, it was nice right? there's a lot of opportunity with it being a with it with it being like such a small school and i think uh pretty probably almost all vermont schools are like this where it's so small that like if you want to play basketball you get to play basketball if you want to try playing soccer you get to play soccer right um so like your team might not be that competitive but whatever but like if it's something you're interested in it's something that you'll get to try um and yeah like regardless of how good you are because there's just it's not like there's a varsity team and then like six jv teams or whatever and a chgfz team that you get put on or something everyone everyone really gets to try so so that's really nice um the the teachers at georgia high school like seemed pretty invested in making sure that the students actually like do well, which I, which I appreciated. Um, 
the this was the superintendent of South Burlington schools, um, Mr. Young. He was actually the principal of Georgia Elementary School when I was there. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, so he's doing well. <laughs> um, as far as like like socially growing up, um, I, it's gonna be interesting if any of my like 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 best friends like from back then hear this. But I didn't really like my friends at Georgia. I don't know. I was I was just a weird kid. Um, in like I, I basically grew up at a daycare in Georgia, which was I guess a nice way to to socialize with with other people constantly. Um, you you um, w- attended the daycare, or your yeah. you um, caretakers ran a daycare. Um, I attended the daycare like pretty much like before and after school because I have my mom's a single mom, so she's working all right. day. And so, um, like, during the, during summer vacation, I would be at daycare all day. Um, before and after school, I'd be at daycare because my mom works at the hospital, you know, the UVM Medical Center. So, drop you off in the morning, she goes to work, and then she picks me up when she gets home. So, I spent a, I spent a lot of time there. Um, interesting people there. Um, and throughout, I guess, yeah, I guess throughout my elementary and most of middle school, um, I had never really encountered any sort of, like, discrimination or anything. Like, it was very, whenever, like, race came up, obviously, right, because we talk about, like, like, right, right, Martin Luther King Day, like, et cetera, like, right, we would talk about, like, any, any, like, American history, whatever, like, obviously, um, and the adults in my life growing up had always been very adamant about, like, this is something that was not okay. We do not, like, discriminate against people by, like, how they look, the color of their skin, all that. Um, so it was something that, in my mind, there was no question about it. I was like, we're done. Like, I was like, that, that's it. We don't do that anymore. And um, the, as far as, like, kids acted, um, like, like, toward me, it was like, they followed, they followed the suit. Like, they just, it just wasn't cool. And, um... I, there was, like, one or two instances in middle school where someone, like, called me the N-word, but it was very clearly, like, there were, there were people that I didn't really know in the first place. I was like, I don't really know you. And um, it was very clear that they were just trying to get attention or be cool or whatever. And whenever they, when that happened, everyone around them was like, why would you do that? That's not cool. Like, like it was, like, negative reviews from everybody all around. So um, in my mind, there was no question about it. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel threatened or anything because I'm like, Obviously, this is a very unpopular opinion. <laughs> this is very, very interesting. Um, and the, and I guess I was pretty much the only, there was like, there was like one other black person in my school, I guess, growing up. And he, he had like kind of like came and went a little bit. I think he was there in first grade and maybe in second grade or something. And I think he came back later in middle school because I think he I think he like moved or something and went to a different school I don't really know um but other than that my my little brother is four years younger than me um and he he was young he was young enough where he was um we were never we weren't in middle school together and we weren't in elementary school together because we were like five years apart in school because of how our birthdays felt yeah so I was pretty much the only, only black person in my school um, up until high school, and I had never ran into any any problems with that. Um, and I didn't really have any problems either with like the 
with like being gay either. Like it was interesting <laughs> when we got the talk in. Uh, so I so I like in like even in like first grade, I was like I I knew I was different somehow, right? Um, I, I probably a lot of guys can probably have like share this feeling, right? Where you know like you're different. Um, it is like you don't know what that difference is because you don't really have that context yet. Um, and then when when I there was like a couple other other kids in my class that I could tell they were different in the same way still didn't know what it was and then when we got like the sex talk in like middle school or whatever I and when they were like oh you're gonna start liking girls and blah, 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 my brain was instantly like oh you just like boys oh that's oh, okay that's it you just like boys that and I moved like mentally I was I, I was like okay we're done wow that was easy and um I didn't realize that people had a problem with that for so long like um in, but in middle school it was still like the point where like like I was still at the point where like like where it's like oh relationships are icky like we like very few people were were like in quotes dating or whatever so it wasn't a it wasn't something that I like I never like reached out to some guy and like asked him out or something and got bullied like that never really happened just because the the whole like the like dating and stuff wasn't that much of a thing in middle school um, I did have, like, a girlfriend for a little bit in middle school because, like, she asked me out via, like, one of her friends on AOL Instant Messenger, where everyone, throw back to AOL Instant Messenger, <laughs> and I, like, didn't know how to say no, so I was just like, yes, and so, um, that was cute for probably a couple weeks or something, I don't know, um, <laughs> that was it but um it was yeah George Georgia Vermont was a really nice experience I think growing up I don't think I'd want to live there like right now because I don't think there's anything to do there for me but like as far as like being a kid there I was I I think it was pretty good I think it was pretty good the school there is nice the people there are nice the environment's nice I think it's great right um (laughs) Yeah, so Georgia doesn't have a high school, um, so I don't know how they do it now. But um, when I when I graduated, I guess from from middle school, they you were you could choose any like I think Vermont would pay for you to go or Georgia whatever some government jurisdiction or whatever would pay for you to go to any public school or it was it would put forth like X amount of dollars toward any public school that you wanted to go to. Um, the vast majority of people went to BFA St. Albans just because that's the closest. Um, Milton High School, I think, was full and they wouldn't accept anybody. Um, I don't know if anyone went to, a couple people might have went to Fairfax, um, like BFA Fairfax. Um, I ended up going to, to Rice High School, um, which means that, like, they didn't, because, because Rice is a, is a Catholic high school, the, um, like that we didn't get any assistance for that, so so like we just had to we just had to pay that. Um, so there, yeah. So at Rice, I don't think there there's no one from my class in Georgia that went to Rice. Um, I think there was one or two other people from that lived in Georgia that went to Rice at the time that I didn't really know. Um, <laughs> so so there's that. So I, I had to so basically like friend reset to zero, um, which was I was nice you know I I I kind of liked it um and it was uh an interesting experience so the um in in middle school like at Georgia I played basketball regularly like um and uh I don't think I cared that much about basketball I didn't I wasn't interested in playing in high school 
Um, and I don't know when I decided, like, I'm not sure if my mom told me I had to play a sport. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure if she did that. I know, I know we had to be, we did have to get our, but one thing about Rice is you don't have um, PE class. Um, and you have to get your athletic credit, like kind of like on your own, which could be, it could be like one season of a varsity sport or something else that they would approve or whatever. Um, and I'm not sure when I got the idea that I was going to, but I, for what, I, I, I honestly don't know. I honestly have no idea where the idea came from, but I wanted to do track in like, track and field. So when spring rolled around, <laughs> I, that's, I joined the, I joined the track team. Um, it was uh, interesting because I didn't, I, I didn't really, I'm not, I'm not sure what I was thinking or if I was thinking, because I just wanted to join the track team. I didn't really process like the fact that you need to like practice, which involves like running hard and being tired and stuff like that. Um, and I did not, I feel like I didn't process that. And so, <laughs> so I, I really don't know what I was thinking. When I started track, I, um, I originally started, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like a thrower, like throwing like shot put, discus, javelin kind of stuff. And that didn't go, I mean, like that was not where I was meant to be, but I feel like it was, it felt like it was like the least work maybe, which is why I went that way. I don't know. Um, I also did the, did like the 100 meter dash, right? Cause that's the shortest distance you can run. Um, <laughs> I actually still have the meet results of the first of my first ever track meet. Uh, <laughs> they're printed out. I still have them, which is funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like shortly after, um, it might've been shortly after like the first meet where my coach, um, told me that I could be fast um, if I, like, worked for it or whatever, and, um, I don't know, it's still blurry, right, because it's so long ago at this point, but, um, I did kind of move away from trying to be a thrower, (laughs) um, and, uh, I did, I, I started doing a little bit more of, like, like, running, right, so, um, I think toward the end of my freshman year in track, um, I had started doing 300 meter hurdles. I started trying that, um, which was, that was interesting. Um, it it sounds impressive. I do not know exactly (laughs) what it is, but it sounds impressive. So hurdles, like the thing, like, you know, the, where they're like, where you run and they have to jump over the little like barriers, um, the, not the one where you jump into water, that's steeplechase, but, like, the, the one where they have these little, like, they look like they're plastic, maybe, on TV, um, little barriers. Um, I think for boys' 300-meter hurdles, I think they're, I want to say they are 36 or 39 inches high. 39, yeah, they must be 39 inches high, because, yep. Um, and so you're running 300 meters and there's a total of nine or 10 hurdles that you have to get over through the, throughout those 300 meters. So, um, doing that, I could, the hurdle, like the, the form to actually hurdle the hurdles, uh, a bit to be desired, but the running part I could, I was, I was okay at. And, um, <laughs> it was, uh, I think that's where I started to kind of get some, sort of so like kind of like get some sort of, of confidence in like the real the real world here because um 
like my my like the upperclassmen on my team were telling me like oh like oh that, that was really good like for your first time and stuff like I was getting encouragement from them um I was getting encouragement from my coach um and it was it, it like felt really rewarding as opposed to like at the start of the season where I almost wanted to quit because it was really hard to like start running like everyone who's tried running before when you're not used to running is really difficult right um yeah. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> um, so, and it was, um, it was nice because I started making a couple, like, people that I would call friends in high school, too, probably around this time. Um, and that was, I guess, yeah, I guess I, I guess I really liked it for, uh, because, uh, obviously, I just deleted all my friends from Georgia, had, having come to Rice, and... I didn't really have um, many friends like outside of, of school or sports or anything. Like I play, I started playing video games a bit in, in middle school because uh, I had never, it is insane what people, what people can do with technology, right? Like we all know when like the GameCube came out or something, like we all know those really old games that when we saw them for the first time, we're like, these graphics are so realistic, right? We all know those, we all know those. So, um, that was part of what, what drew me into video games in middle school, like toward probably like sixth and seventh grade, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, um, when I think the Nintendo GameCube came out and one of my friends had one. And like, it, it was so cool, the kind of stuff you could do, like uh, with, with that. Like I had a lot of fun playing that. And I had started, I had discovered that you could play games online because this is when we started, I think, we, I, think I still had dial up through most of middle school. You were on the um, AOL Instant Messenger, I heard. Yeah. You were. <laughs> we still had dial-up back then. Still dial-up. Um, I played a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon. Like, I knew I, I could play that, like, because that was a CD that you put into the computer. Um, and, the, and it had never occurred to me that you could play games online for so long until one of my friends, in, in this back, back in middle school, one of my friends had introduced me to RuneScape. Um, which I'm sure I'm sure a few people are probably like, oh, a few people probably ears perked up from way back in the day. Um, they also introduced me to, to, uh, Tron. Um, like everyone, like this, this game called Armageddon was probably like, we all know Tron, like the light cycles that make 90 degree angle turns and they make walls. Like this was that game online. Um, in the way, if you crash the wall, you die. So it was, um, so I was playing that and I was playing RuneScape online and, I hadn't made many friends online, even though there is like a bit of a social aspect to to online games. Like there's there's usually an online community. Like um, the the Tron game I played was a it was like an open source game, so there was like forums and stuff. Like people could contribute to the development there. People could chat about features they wanted and stuff like that. So um, there was that. And then RuneScape is a massive multiplayer online role playing game. So there's a lot of social socializing that goes on in that as well. Um, and the, I hadn't really, at this point, I hadn't really made too, too many friends on, online at that point. But getting into, like, as I got into, into high school, probably going into my sophomore year, um, when, that was when I decided to, like, someone, someone from the outdoor track team had asked me, Ethan, are you doing indoor track? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> which is uh, indoor tracks during the winter season for obvious reasons. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think, I, I definitely don't think I started like 
like placing well or whatever in indoor track my, my first times so in, in my sophomore year of high school but um I started doing well enough where like my teammates were like I could hear my teammates that like cheering me on like people were excited about me getting better and stuff like that in, in indoor track um I think I ran on like probably my first relay team that did I? No, I may, I may have ran a relay team or something in outdoor. I don't know. But it was my first, like, relay team with, like, upperclassmen in indoor track the first time I tried. It was the first time I got, like, the spiked shoes that people use in track, like, the really, really lightweight shoes that have, like, spikes on the bottom. So it was something that I was becoming, like, more, more, like, much more invested, right? Like, I was, I was more invested in, like, start, like, trying to do well. Um, I was getting, like, this positive feedback. And I was, I was playing video games more, too. And I was starting to meet friends on online and started to chat with people online. It was uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, There's a lot, of, a lot of interesting characters online, as we all might know by now. Um, <laughs> so it was, um, I think, like, my sophomore year was, like, sort of probably where I started to kind of, like, I don't know glow up is that the term is that a does that work i don't know if that's an appropriate term for that but i think that's where i really started um knowing like oh i like doing these things like this is this is something that i really enjoy doing it's something i'm invested in or whatever it's something i care about so i was um like right so going going into like summer track in my in my sophomore year was when I started, I think I might, it might've been when I started actually like placing in meets. Um, and so they would, every morning, I don't know if, I don't know if other schools did this, but at Rice, every morning they'd like do like morning announcements. Um, and they would kind of like go run through like athletics, like how people, like like the football team won this game or whatever, the basketball team won this game. And like with track, they would read out like, like who got like, like in like probably like the top three in, in events or whatever. And like, I think that's when my name came up like a couple times throughout throughout the season and uh so like other people at like at rice started knowing who I was and was like oh wow nice job the teacher started like mentioning it so it was um becoming like something that like much more of my identity maybe I guess you could say um and that kind of that, that gave me like a bit a bit of confidence right um that and online I was doing really well in in runescape i don't know <laughs> i don't know if this is gonna make sense to anyone watching but in runescape i was 124 combat level in, before summoning so yeah um doesn't make any sense to people that don't play the game so sorry i don't <laughs> but like in, in, in runescape i was um like they have like clans right in online games of all people heard of that so there was, um, there's probably a, a, in quotes, community of probably about uh, a thousand or so players that were probably all, like, in, like, the, all, like, the top clans, probably four or five, like, top clans in the game. Um, and there's, like, a few hundred people in each clan. And people would, like, just cut, just pop between them pretty much. So, so I was, I was, like, in with those people, right? So I was confident about like I in the game like I can I can do what I need to do in the game right like I'm confident about like my performance in the game if we're trying to like do something with like a team I'm trying to do something solo but that um I'm confident in my real life with track um because I guess I didn't really care much about school back then um it was just not 
I, I've, I've had trouble like focusing and stuff like that. Um, the way that classes were taught, I guess, a lot of times it's hard for me to like care about something unless I have like some sort of like real life application of it. Um, so like school's always been kind of hard for me to keep paying attention. But um, I think sophomore year is probably yeah, where I really started to gain um, confidence in my in my in myself, right? Like that, like oh yeah, I don't I don't really need to prove anything to anybody because um, like I know I I'm good I'm Gucci like I don't really <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have anything like that I needed to prove to any anyone else really like I was I was confident in myself as a person I guess. Um, and like I guess the, the one the one the one thing I guess which um, made it kind of difficult was like nef- like definitely learning more about sexuality right like in high school like we start noticing guys or whatever and that was that was like a concern of mine because it was like right obviously at a Catholic high school right when there's that reputation that that like Catholics hate gays and since I was just in the closet because when I realized that it was an issue for people, I was like, well, it's not the same thing. And um, <laughs> no one at, at Rice, no one talked about it really. Like the teachers never talked about it. The students really never talked about it. Um, like it was just not a topic for discussion. So um, I really had no idea what the opinion was about this. And because um, that was around when you could, when people like celebrities started, like a couple celebrities came out here and there, and they seemed to be fine. Um, there, were, like every once in a while, you'd see someone gay somewhere seeming fine. And the there was like one time in, in my freshman year, this one time, this teacher, my social studies teacher, she was on a rant about something. I can't remember what it was, but she got to the point where she was listing like people we don't like in society and it was um i saw your face no no no. this is good i saw, I saw your face <laughs> no, 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 this is good. so like she was listening like 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 what was it like domestic abusers like like criminals or whatever and she said like in like she was going through this whole list and she said gay bashers it was in the list and then she kept going and i was like oh okay so Clearly, there's, there, there's, so there's some adults, like, even in the school, who think that this is something that's okay. Okay, okay. Still not going to say anything. Like, I'm not, like, not going to throw those dice. But the, um, I, and there's probably, like, one or two other comments from, like, adults with, in high school where I was like, okay, so this is something that is not, it's not, like, not everyone has a problem with this, obviously. Um, and... That was the that was probably the only thing that I was really like not okay with was I was like how am I gonna live my life if this thing is not something that I can just be open about right if it's something that I have to like do all this extra steps to like navigate around I was like this is not like this is this is something I want to do like this is awful and it was before like I I mean like these things these sites probably existed like any sort of sites where you can meet other gays or whatever they probably existed I didn't really know you could use the internet for that because I only used to play games so that's where we were at that point but you were very (laughs) wholesome and innocent but this but I'll interject and this was probably maybe a time where like manhunt I'm gonna guess was around 
Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure when that, that was like that was pre grinder. That I wasn't on it. Don't look at me. But, uh-huh. it's, but it's something that, you know, before everybody had um an Android or an iPhone, um yeah. if there was Manhunt, which you just manhunt.com and it would you could type in your geographical location yeah. and sort of be in a chat room type of environment with other folks in your area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this was, because this was when, I'm not even sure if the iPhone was out. I don't know what year the iPhone was released, but people had, some people had, I don't think, I'm not even sure if people had phones with keyboards at this point. I don't know. People were using that, like, like people that could type on the, like, one through nine keyboards, like, really well. I, I could not. I had, like, a track phone that I only used, like, if I was, like, out somewhere at night or whatever, and would just like call my mom to come pick me up. Like, I, I, and so people, people were, people were texting. People were texting in high school, right? With the using that, was it called T nine? Yeah, right. Yes. Um, yeah. on a on a Nokia, probably. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That was when like the Razor probably came out around then or something like that. Yep. Uh, so that was yeah. That was, I didn't know those places online existed, right? So from my perspective, I was pretty alone, um, and the it's so like that part really that thing really didn't sit well with me um like well which which all. part like like being be, knowing that i was gay but not knowing how i was going to be able to navigate that um or if i was going to be able to navigate that because it was since no one ever talked about it i couldn't gauge like who would be like an ally who would be an enemy like what would happen i just had no idea um and it was like the i don't know i don't like i don't really know the years i'm so bad i'm so bad at like knowing specific years i think but um when it was probably like my junior or senior year in high school i remember when the topic of marriage equality was coming up and there was um like so like people were just were having like a random discussion in class about it and this one kid was like i seriously think there's something wrong with gay people and i was like like at, the, like, at this point in my life like this is my junior or senior year where i'm like at regular track meets i'm i'm placing in the top three in like most of my events and like online like i'm doing great right like in my games i'm doing great um and so at this point like i knew like i knew that being gay, like, from, from the beginning, I knew that being gay was not my problem, and the problem was with how other people, like, receive it or whatever. Um, so when this kid said this, and, like, the teacher was, like, in the room and didn't say anything to them about it, and I was like, okay, so, like, this is an opinion that people can just have, and no one cares. Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I was just not... I, I was just like, we're, I was like, I don't, we're not coming out in high school. I was like, this is not something I would do in high school. Even though I, even though my rep, my reputation in high school is really good because I was really enthusiastic about, about doing track and cross country. And I like, a, I had a lot of friends on the team. I helped uh, like kind of like recruit other people for the team, um, trying to convince people that it was fun. So I was doing, doing pretty well in all that aspect. And I'm, Looking back, I'm sure if I came out, it would have been okay um, because I was on such good terms with so many people in, like, that 
like the rice community, I think it would have been okay. Um, but like, I was 17 or 16 or whatever, like, who knows, right? So um, that was, that was not, that wasn't fun. But um, like the whole time I knew it wasn't my problem. Like it was everyone else's problem. So um, the, like as high school started coming to a close and of course, like at Rice, the question isn't so much, are you going to college? It's like, what college are you going to? Um, so in, I guess growing up, people have always told me like, oh yeah, you're like really smart. You're going to go to college and, and whatnot. So, yeah, okay. so in my mind, like I need to, I need to pick college. Right. And going into that, I knew that when I, when I went to college, I knew that like cause college had that, um, that reputation for just being the place where no one cares, right? Where you can just be whoever you are and everyone's chill with literally everything. Like you could be like, I enjoy setting buildings on fire in my free time. And people would be like, wow, great. Wow. That's cool. Um, and, <laughs> and so I knew when I went to college that I wanted to be out when I went to college. Um, and so when I graduated from high school, um, I was probably, I was, I was probably the most confident. Um, I mean, at that point, right. That was probably when I was most confident in myself in life. Cause I, I was like the state champion in the 400 meter dash. I in like, I had competed at the new England championships a couple times or whatever. Um, like obviously like, like graduating is really cool, whatever. And it was the, and so I, this, I also had a Facebook at this point, I think. It was really low-key. It must have just been right after Facebook had, like, been public or something. I don't think I really used Facebook, to be honest. Um, but I had – it had to be either, like, the day I graduated or, like, the day after where, like, I changed my interested in status on Facebook from women to men. And I deleted the – like, where you can go in and see people's, like, activity logs, like, to see – like, oh, they uploaded a new photo. Oh, they commented on this thing. They posted a status. Like, oh, they changed this thing in their profile. I deleted that. So, like, unless you went there and looked, you wouldn't know that that changed. Um, and, like, my attitude was, like, when I go into college, if someone asks, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. Whatever. Um, so that had been done, like, before. That, that, that was, like, one of the first things that had been done. And I, I came out to a couple friends online, too, to kind of like some of my like I because I had at this point I've had I had some pretty close friends online that I had been playing games with for two or three years at this point right that I started to meet or when I was earlier in high school and no one cared so <laughs> I was like what <laughs> what an anticlimactic thing <laughs> where I was like really worried about telling people and they were just like okay um and then <laughs> And at this point, I was still not out to my mom because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, I need to at least be able to support myself before I dice roll this. And um, so going into college, uh, there was, it was as I expected where it wasn't an issue. Um, and it was probably, it was about, like, I was, like, I was prepared for people to be upset with it. Um, but no, no, I was, uh, so I, <laughs> it was... It was, it was great. Like it was, it was, it was great reception. And it was also like where like people started almost, well, I guess, no, I guess it wasn't later, but um, it wasn't until later, but uh, yeah, going into college, it was, it was great just being able to not feel 
uh, like I had to hide it. Um, although I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't have like rainbow flags on anything um, or whatever. So it's like, unless you asked me, I don't think you would know. Um, and I don't, I, most, most people just didn't care anyway. So it was <laughs> So you found the reception towards um, your sexuality in college was sort of um, nonchalant. Yeah. Um, I went to college at Linden State College, by the way. Where so you- did I, oh, by so the way. way. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine what a small, tiny little world it is? Yes, where we it went- is quite a very small world. Um I don't know if it had to do with the fact like that it's like in that we're in Vermont where like the response was like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure people at other colleges had like really, really different experiences. Um, but it was, it was really, it was kind of annoying when I, I had, there was so much, I had so much like frustration and like feelings and everything toward in, in high school toward not knowing how this was going to go. Like thinking I could never, be able to like freely express this and whatnot. And then when I finally come out, no one even cared. I was like, are you kidding me? This is dumb. <laughs> but this was also like right around the time where, um, so I graduated from high school in 2009. Um, and so that, I mean, of course, so that's right. We're getting right into the turn of public opinion on, on like marriage equality, right? So this, I mean, this is a time where like when I was in high school, it was very like, there was definitely the uh, minority opinion about like marriage equality, right? And then as I'm going into college and I'm in college, that's where the opinion flipped. So I guess culturally in, in, in the US, there, there was a bit of a change at least in, in the attitude toward, toward um, homosexuality. So I like, that's probably part of it, but it was still annoying when no, no one cared, and I put all this energy into being upset about it earlier. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with that unused anxiety? Like, where does it go, you know? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know what I did. I think maybe I was just really focused on... Um, so I guess with, with track, it was something that was, like, really distracting, right? Because, like, you're... Do you, you're busy doing something, right? You're busy running hard. You're busy focusing on like your form and everything. So um, it it took my mind off, off it probably. And um, online, it was like on, online you you know who people are, but at the same time you don't really know who people are. And the good thing, the great thing about that is that. Um, People, I think people online were more accepting of different people than people in the real world Um, because everyone, at at least like in the kinds of games I played and the kinds of people I played with, like us nerds that play a lot, like (laughs) a a lot, um, we we would use voice chat a lot too. So like most of the time that I was online, um, like I was on voice chat with these people. So um, like, like even my mom still remembers some of the names of my friends, like Rob, like Heidi or whatever that I was, that I was talking to all the time. And like Debbie, that was like, I got to this all the, all the time. And when I was on, when I was playing these games, like it wasn't like who you were in real life 
didn't really impact how people treated you in game um probably to some extent but like like I even remember once there was there was someone who I would I who I who I considered my friend online um he was a racist like he literally did not like black people um and it was it was like everyone still played with him or whatever and it was it was one of those weird things where it's like that's who like like that's who like in person he was racist and would tell people if they asked him he'd be like yeah I am um and I I think I think mostly it was because of his dad or whatever but either either way it still is um but how he he didn't treat me in game any different than anybody else which was so like looking back on it it's like super confusing um <laughs> like right you would you would think that there would be something like that he would be like mean to me or whatever but I never received any different treatment from him in game over anything um but at the same time like he's like he's like basically proud about being racist or whatever um also like uh, <laughs> when I played RuneScape like the n-word was like commonplace like using it was was like very commonplace there was a style of playing where like so like people like archers like, like using a bow and arrow um you would use like leather armor right because it's not it's like nimble i guess very flexible so you can do all your movements whatever i guess that's the point of it um and so yeah this is we're about we're going into nerd nerd territory here um so you would wear different dragon hide armors if you were an archer in runescape and black dragon hide armor was like the best and there was uh you could what you could do is you could wear the black dragon hide like chest plate and in leg plates or whatever and you could wear a like a plate helmet like um that was made for like warriors that are up in the front smacking people so you would get really nice armor bonuses from the helmet but still get the really nice archer bonuses from the dragon head armor and it was annoying to play against because you basically couldn't kill those people but they would do tons of damage to you and people called it n-word ranging and that was the common term for that and no one had a problem with that. It was a very weird environment where, like, like online, like, that was, like, an okay term to use. But at the same time, like, I mean, people knew I was black. People knew I was black. But at the same time, I didn't receive any different treatment from people. So it was a very, very interesting environment. But, I mean, like, I was, I was, keep in mind, still, I was, like, 16, 17, 18 um, uh, around here. Actually, I was probably... 15, 16, 17 years old around here. So I, and I didn't have people that I hung out with in person, right? In real life. Cause I didn't have any friends in Georgia at this point. So I was going to rice. Right. Um, and so I didn't have friends I hung out with in, in real life growing up at, to like toward that point, everyone had told me that like racism is wrong. It's something we don't do anymore. And so to me, it didn't come off as like a red flag or anything. It didn't come off as that threatening, um, when people were using that term so commonly because they didn't treat me any differently. And I, I knew I wasn't the problem. So <laughs> I knew I wasn't wrong. I get right. Like I, I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. I knew this is something that we don't do anymore. And um, so it was, it was very interesting. There is um, something I definitely want to talk about, which is your life as a dancer and I'm kind of also wondering, do, do we introduce the concept of Mecca 
at this point too as well and how do they relate um you know did would you consider mecca an alter ego oh yeah so the name mecca i actually started all the way back in middle school when i was playing that tron game because so literally how i figured how i got the name was like i was trying to obviously you have to come up with a cool name if you're going to play online games obviously so like <laughs> the i had heard the term mecca like used um i was like like pre 9 11 i had heard it used um in terms of like oh like like the mall of america is a shopping mecca right like that like i've heard the term used used like that um so, uh, like a couple times um and then like the funniest thing is like where where I really got like I guess like Mecca like the the sounds for it I guess whatever um there was an arcade game um at Zachary's Pizza in South Burlington named uh, I think it, I think it was like Rush Racing or whatever people people probably recognize the machine if they saw it whatever anyway like when it's like idling right like you know how games when they're idling they make a ton of noise and music and stuff obviously so you want to like go over and play it like the idling music would start it was like like it was like really cool and that's where i kind of got like the the mecca thing from i was like oh that sounds cool so that's where i started using the name mecca back in like middle school uh i used that name on runescape as well and um when i was in college um actually did i start i get i guess i didn't use the name mecca till long until a while after college where i yeah, where I um, entered the, yeah, I guess it actually wouldn't even be that long ago where I started using it offline, um, where I entered the, um, what was it, Vermont Drag Idol randomly. Um, so this was like after I had, I had discovered dance in college when we had to do, at Linden, you remember peer leaders, probably. Um, uh, I remember students who <laughs> were were peer leaders, right? Yeah. They were extra outgoing and encouraged other people to do stuff. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening to the podcast know Shawnee. Um, Shawnee's brother, We Kali, love Shawnee. Shawnee's brother, Kali, was we my love peer Kali leader. Too. He was my peer leader when I first got to Linden. You had a cool one. I did not. Yes. No yes. shade to, I think oh, her no. name was Rachel. <laughs> oh, no. But, but yeah, so at Vampir Leading, we did this thing called the Variety Show every year, where we just did like cute little skits or whatever to kick off like the new school year. And one year, our like whole our, like little dance finale thing was the Party Rock Anthem, because that song was new then. And at this point, I had no, I was not a dancer, like, right? I didn't really, I did not know how to dance. Like, I played saxophone in middle school and high school, so I knew, I knew, like, music, but I did not know, like, really how to dance. And when we had to learn that, that cute little, like, shuffle dance, um, I, I was definitely not doing it right when we performed it, but when there's 20 people on stage all doing the same-ish thing, you can't really tell, so who cares? Um, that's where I was like, this is kind of fun. And I had like looked on YouTube to find more shuffling videos. And that's where I kind of got into like, like, like shuffling, um, like Mel Melbourne shuffling, not really the shuffling you see on Instagram now where people do hashtag shuffling. It's like 
a more American version of it, like a more newer American version now, which is cool. Um, but that's when that was that was something that I really enjoyed doing. I don't know why it was so fun. It was, it was great. And um, so I had done that a bit and I picked that up in college and, and like leaving college, I would go to First Friday a lot because I, I, I lived in, I went back to live in Georgia after, after college um, and moved to Burlington shortly after. But um, I would go to First Friday a lot and just go out and shuffle for the night. And Which, what is First Friday for those who may not know? What was it back in the day? That was the and it was uh, the first Friday of every month. So I guess this isn't back in the back in the day First Friday. I guess I had found. I guess the version that I came in contact with was like even a newer version of First Friday, where it was basically just like an LGBT dance night at higher ground. Um, and I guess before that, it was pretty much just like a lesbian night. I guess. Uh, apparently, but that might have been before my time. Then I guess they started having a DJ come on after maybe, I think, like, Antara, who is, like, a local folk musician. I think she would, I think she might have ran it back in the day. And then I guess she started having, like, a DJ come on after the usual programming or something. And that's when, like, the gays started showing up and then it turned into more of just a dance party. I don't know. But um, I would go there and dance a lot. And so I knew, that's where I started to meet more people in the community like a lot of people mentioned like oh yeah I see you dancing like oh I love you dancing whatever so I got a lot of a lot of people told like we were telling like oh like I like I like what you're doing when I was just I mean I was going up chilling and um so the by the time that um I had decided that I was gonna like I was just gonna hop in Vermont Drag Idol for funsies um I like I knew I could dance at least to an extent where other people enjoyed watching it and I was like, you know, we're just going to have some fun. And so, and, um, so I, like, I knew, I was like, my drag name's just going to be Mecca because it's the name I go by online. And that I just, that's, it was just, I'd been using the name for so long. I was like, well, if we need like some sort of stage name or whatever, um, like the kind of like, like uh, comedy names, I guess don't they're, they're just not me right like the like um those kind of names just aren't me what a, um like the kind of realistic real real like realistic um the kind of like not generic i don't know like the they they're the, like the drag queens that go for like like a female impersonation look um like something where they would walk down the street and random people would think that they were a woman when they when they don't identify so like like I like that's not my style either um so I was like I it was just easy to to go with Mecca because that's just like a name I'm used to to going by and I I like the name um and at that I I guess at that point in my life the amount of times I've been called Mecca and the amount of times I've been called Ethan are probably pretty close to equal uh, (laughs) how much time I spent on like gaming (laughs) um so that's how Mecca kind of ended up being associated with me in Burlington, even though by that time I had been going by the name for well over a decade, I guess, um, online. Well, um, so you will, you will respond to either. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people that, um, that call me Mecca. Um, there's some people that call me Ethan. I've, I've the couple other names that I've gone on with other online games because Mecca was taken because it's a real that name that name will get snatched up pretty fast. Um, 
but the uh, yeah, I've, there's a couple other online names that people call me by or whatever. Um, which I is kind of cool. Like I like I prefer that people call me the name that they. I prefer that they call me the name that was that's like in context with how they met me. Um, because otherwise it feels weird. Like, <laughs> like when my, if my online friends call, if any of them call me Ethan, I'm like, what? Don't do that. Like, that's weird. <laughs> that makes total sense. I would like to cut to present day. Okay. Uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious, um, about how you feel about current events, namely uh, this week's um, attempted insurrection of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. What does this moment <clears throat> bring up for you? What, what does it make you think and feel? In like, like, like a hot take, kind of spicy, like one little like clip answer my like feelings on this situation would be like kind of thought coming question mark um i guess because it, it a lot of the stuff happening is the kind to, to me seems like uh basically like the byproduct of what's been going on in the last four years um it's been a bit disappointing over the last four years of where the Trump is not a likable person to start with. And then the DNC, like like the DNC isn't really, to me, they don't really seem to be interested in actually solving the problems that they call attention to. And it feels like the way that the DNC has gone about trying to win the election has been calling attention to issues that they don't seem to like they're calling attention to issues that they don't seem to be interested in solving. And they almost seem to be like trying to make it worse while claiming that um, like, like claiming that like Trump and the Republicans are like these big bad people. And while there are 100% like a lot of like a lot of issues to talk about, right? There are definitely a lot of very real issues. Um, I've been really disappointed when I feel like there's been opportunities for the DNC to really send some powerful messages, really and and, and really like actively work on fixing some issues, but they seem to have not taken those opportunities and kind of tried to go for a we want to win the next election kind of thing. Um, and I think part of, I think part of the, why this all happened is over the last four years, I feel like the way that Trump has been portrayed on the media has gone from like, there are plenty of real things that you can critique him for, um, which I am totally here for. And there are plenty of not so great ways to go about trying to critique him, which don't seem to be productive. Um, like the, when we have the, the Charlottesville riot and Trump was on the news in that like interview or whatever. And some, I can't remember what the question he was asked was, but 
he clearly he he said the like he was talking about da 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 da, and he said the white supremacists there should be condemned totally. Like he said those words. I, he might have used a different term for the white supremacists, like the Nazis, neo Nazis, whatever. But he said that. And then someone asked him another question, and that's where he clearly stated there was a difference between the, pre- the peaceful protesters that started there about the Robert E. Lee statue, agree with them or not, whatever. But he said there was a, those were the very fine people. And then he clearly differentiated between those people and the people, like the Nazis that showed up there, and then like the anarchists or Antifa, non-Antifa group, not group people, whatever, that showed up. Like he, There was a clear difference stated between those 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 people and when he said white supremacists should be condemned totally i'm like okay so the democrats should clip that and put that on blast everywhere right like that should be what we hear is the republicans and democrats of 2000 whatever year it is agree on something and that is that you white supremacists suck right that should be the message that we send out there that would be that's one of the strongest messages i think you could probably send is saying the Republicans and Democrats agree on this thing, right? Um, and they decided to use the <laughs> clip a different statement and say, like, the nice people on both sides thing. And I'm like, wh- why? Like, we are, like, there is such a great opportunity to just, like, demolish this group of people that is clearly objectionable, and it was not taken. And then the nice people on both sides thing that was like very clearly taken out of context, carried its way all the way to like the third presidential debate. I mean, why are we doing this if we're interested in in solving, if we're interested in, I guess, in quote, solving racism um, and trying to make people of color feel safer, why are we like exacerbating the problem by trying to like equate Trump to actual Nazis and like equating everyone who voted for him to like these Nazi fascists as well? And so it was very clear to me seeing the people talking on, on the news that were at that ridiculous <laughs> clown fiesta in, in Washington that, like, they, their issue, their, what's funny is a lot of them, I guess, said that their issue was with Congress, which is probably most of the problem at this point, let's be real here. Um, but it was, to, to me, it's been very clear that, like, the people who voted for Trump, while there are issues there, um, have been gaslighted to an extent for four years. And then when you also have a system that isn't really interested in solving any of your problems and it's just interested in getting reelected, uh, like, I can see why they have a problem there. Um, I don't see why they thought it would be a good idea to just barge into the Capitol building. Um, I also don't understand why, like, the security at the Capitol building did not prevent them from doing that, um, which is very... I I guess I'm not sure if it's concerning or if the kind of defensive position they took of just keeping Congress safe is the best is strategically the best option. I that I do not know. That's out of my wheelhouse. Um, I do know that these people are getting arrested now because they're all on media, on cameras, and everything, easily identifiable, easily identifiable, committing felonies. So have fun in jail, y'all. I don't think, like, I think that, I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, um, as far as their opinions on, like, the election being stolen or robbed or whatever, um, the whole process of, like, determining elections, like, polling locations, like, uh, like, staffing those locations, like, voter registration, counting the votes, all of that 
no, that's fine, right? There's no, I don't think there's any issue of voter fraud in there. There's been, what, over 60 cases submitted before judges that have all been struck down. We're, I think we're pretty good there. As far as people having issues with um, the, uh, the portrayal of Trump going into the election, um, if they feel that that's unfair, I think there's very valid opinions there. Um, I, I think there's very, very valid opinions there. Um, I also don't think Trump did himself any favors by being uh, a very unlikable person, right? Like, had he, had he conducted himself like Obama did, I feel like we'd be in a, a very different situation right now, right? Like, part of being a leader is how you make people feel. And if you don't make people feel good, then it's, it's very hard to help you. It's very hard to help your case when you're, you just don't seem to be a nice person, <laughs> right? Like, so... Um, I guess like all the stuff that that like happened in the in the last few days like it's it's kind of like it, it's overall it's really disappointing seeing um like congress basically jump to try and save their careers rather than to like address problems I don't know like how they when they they spent what how how many months to come up with a $600 stimulus check and then when Trump says, that's not enough, I'm going to veto it, they all did the Pikachu meme face. Like, they had no idea. Like, they're like, what do you mean? It's not a, so what do you, like, guys, you had a long time. <laughs> like, so it's, um, it's, just, it's just kind of disappointing to see the way that Congress has conducted themselves, um, basically on both sides, because they both, they both do a lot of circus stuff that they shouldn't be doing, right? Like, they both do a lot of stuff that isn't in the interest of, of the citizens that they're supposed to be helping. So I, it, that, that is just disappointing to me. Um, what I am going to enjoy is watching people get arrested for doing everything they shouldn't have in that film. Oh my goodness. That was, that's just like, oh my God. Why? Like, why? What did you think you were going to do? Get, like, get to Congress and be like, wait, guys, stop. No. Wait, guys, hold on. We have this, like, one Twitter post to show you to make you stop and rethink everything. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what does Black queer culture in Vermont look like to you? Well, I guess, like, any, any like, like, Black culture to me is, like, kind of, I kind of have a weird relationship with it because I obviously grew up Black, um, in, like, a place where I was pretty much the only Black person up until high school, and then even in high school, the other Black people, I think, were, like, almost, most of, most of the other Black people were refugees, like, right, so they weren't, they, they still had, like, a lot of culture, I think, from wherever they started, um, and there were very, they're still like very American, but I think we still have, I think we're, we still have like different, pretty, pretty different experiences. And um, then like, even in college, I was never like, like both through high school and in college, it wasn't, I, I never felt that I need to hang out with people that like share my same skin color. Like I've ne I've never felt that I've been, um, I've never, I've never felt that I don't fit in because of the color of my skin, because like growing up, I was told the exact opposite of that. Like, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. So um, I, I just never developed that, I guess. And culturally, I, I'm from Franklin County, 
and I'm a nerd. So, like, <laughs> culturally, I don't, um, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say here. But I guess, I guess culturally, I don't um, fit the, I want to say stereotypes, but I don't think that's the right word. Culturally, I guess I don't have a lot of the attributes, I guess, that are usually associated with Black culture, maybe. Maybe, maybe that's what we're trying to say. Not really sure. Um, so when, like, the topic topics of, like, Black culture come up, sometimes I have a hard time um, relating, I guess, because um, I don't really consider myself as, like, part of Black culture, I guess. But at the same time, I'm Black, so everything I do is technically Black culture. So, like, I... It's kind of, I don't know, but, um, I mean, I, I obviously understand, like, things that, things that we would, some things that we consider Black culture are things that came from specifically Black cultures, right? Like, as a result of past laws, segregation, all that, right? Like, there's, there are certain, like, cultural things that came from Black cultures, right? Um, as far as, like, Black queer culture, like, that gets that I guess like the like the the queer part I guess also kind of might have the same I guess I guess maybe has a bit of the same kind of tone that the black part has where I didn't really grow up with like queer culture I guess um and a lot of the spaces I put myself in online or in person were based more out of like my personal interests in like in like, like track or um maybe music, I guess you could say, in, in like, video games. Um, so it's, uh, like, like to me, um, it's, it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, however, there are certain cultural things that I can look at, and, and I would be like, this is queer culture, right? Or, like, like this, like, 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 like things that I can definitely point at and be like, this, this is queer culture. Um, so as far as like what does black queer culture in Vermont look like to me um that I guess I'm not I'm not really sure what it looks like in Vermont. I don't know if we have I, I also haven't gone outside for a year, right? Because it's at this point. So like, <laughs> I haven't got I haven't done anything so like I forget everything that goes on. Um I guess what I would I guess I guess what I would say is um to me, I guess it kind of looks like almost, almost like 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 this podcast actually would be a good example of it. With because um, obviously Vermont is not very diverse, um, even in Burlington in Winooski. Well, actually, I don't know about Winooski, so let me not like average together. But I know, and I'm pretty sure in Burlington, like the amount of of like foreign born um, like like black people is like I think it's like two times the amount of like American black people here. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like, oh my God, one's better than the other. Absolutely not. Um, I think that, um, like, like, we're like, especially like with like refugees, like any, like in immigrants, I think they have different experiences than like American born black people, right? Like that's not, that's not controversial. Like that's <laughs> we just have different experiences. And I think we find ourselves, I think we frequently find ourselves in different spaces in culture. Um, be, because of those of those differences, so when I'm thinking of of Black queer culture in Vermont, I think I'm thinking of mainly um, like Black American queer culture, and 
to me, I think that looks a lot like things like this podcast, where I think it's like a lot of moments of like, like black LGBT people in Vermont kind of having our own little, like either like spaces or little like discussions or little like moments like out and about or whatever. I think to me, that's, that's what it, that's a lot of what it looks like. Um, because I'm sure, as you know, like around, like it, in Vermont, if you're trying to have um, a, like a lot of like kind of like cultural events that you're trying to have, like whether you're trying like a dance night or like any sort of like, like a book club or like whatever you're trying to have, um, the more uh, selectors, I guess, that you put on it, you very, you very quickly diminish the amount of people that even fit into that group, yet alone that that interest within that group. Um, so I think it's very hard to have a lot of specifically like black queer cultural like phenomenon in, in Burlington that aren't like small, more smaller intimate gatherings or, or kind of instances. So I guess like that's, yeah, I guess that's what it looks like to me is more like smaller interactions, kind of like this podcast is one really good one. I'm sure, I'm sure we've all had like, like, like we've, we've all like met some other like, like black queer people like around town or whatever and like shared experiences with them or whatever. I'm sure we've all had that. And I think that's what it looks like to me. When do you feel most brown and out? Um, I guess, I don't know. I don't really feel like, I guess in, having grown up in Georgia and whatnot, I don't really feel specifically brown. Or, or black or brown, black, whatever, person of color. I don't really feel that a lot, ever. Um, I, actually, ironically, I probably feel that most when I'm visiting somewhere else that's way more diverse and I'm seeing a lot more, a lot more people of color. It's probably actually when I most, when I most feel my blackness is when I see a lot of other black people. Um, the, uh, when I feel most, like, I guess, like, brown and out, um, I'm not, that's... I guess, I guess probably when, in instances when, um, when sexuality comes up, like any of those kind of topics come up, and I'm usually the only, like, gay person in the room, right? Like, like sometimes in my, like, uh, like I still run track with, like, a local track team or a local track club or whatever. Um, well, I mean, I guess in quotes still because we all know coronavirus um <laughs> uh like like occasionally like like questions about like about like gay things will come up or whatever and like they'll ask me because i'm the only one there um and so that's when i i guess when i most feel like when i most when i most feel like out or whatever um it doesn't but yeah i guess I guess that's when I'm when I most feel when it's like made apparent that I'm the only one in the room, maybe. Because <laughs> when I'm out dancing, actually at like any like LGBT events, um, it doesn't feel so much that I'm being like out. I guess it, it just feels more like we're all just being ourselves. Like it doesn't, and like I guess. In, in Burlington, I personally haven't had any issues with being gay. Like, um, like, like in, my, in my adult life, I haven't had any issues with that. I mean, because, I mean, of the times. Like, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been born when I was. 
Um, so I think that might contribute to me not really feeling as, but not really feeling that I'm specifically out when, when I am right. Like I don't, I don't think I feel I've felt in, in my adult life. I don't think I have felt in. So I don't really feel very much out. I kind of feel like I'm just chilling. We're, we're out dancing. This is what we're doing. Thank you so much, Ethan, for being on the show today. Um, it was amazing talking to you. It was illuminating talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're great. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, I guess I have a question for you, actually. If this is so, we all know the topic of like of like canceling and and whatnot, and I'm sure we. There's some people that have been called out for things that have, that have genuinely apologized. And like, we've seen the people that have been called out for things that don't really apologize. And I'm sure we all can relate to changing our views on some things over time, right? Like there are things that we've all said when we were late, like in the past or younger or whatever that we wouldn't say again, like things that we thought then that we don't think now. Do you think there's anything on this podcast that, you'll look back in 10 years and be like, oh. Or is there, like, anything that, like, you've already, like, put on this podcast that you that you thought that you were, like, totally with back when it was recorded, but then later you're like, oh. That I've said? Yeah, either that you've said I think or that yes. you've, like, gone along with. I think definitely yes, actually. Um, also, that is the power of editing, because I could change my mind, like, t- tomorrow, you know what I mean, when I edit this episode, and be like, oh, no, I'm enlightened. <laughs> I that, that's not going to get published. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, but also, is there something specific you're thinking of? No, I'm there's something specific I'm thinking of, but, like, especially with, like, with like political stuff, right? Like, we, we all, like, with, uh, like, any sort of, like, politics stuff, like, we, there's a lot of politicians, right, that have been in the game for way too long um, mm. that have definitely said things in the past that they would never say again, right? That they, that they, they we can tell that they don't believe those things. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, what am I going to, like, what did I say on this podcast? I'm going to look back in 10 years and be like, wow, yikes. Like, <laughs> and that's just being honest. I think that that's a really, really insightful take because if more people were honest, I think that, um, yeah, if we're being honest, people change their minds a lot about stuff. And when we acknowledge that, it makes us freer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think that a lot of people who are um, not really that woke at all their problem is that they're holding on to things that that's just, you know, that's been their something perhaps they've made their personality for so long that they can't let go of it. And they feel like if they do, then it's somehow, you know, going back on their word and that they're less credible then when really it's like, you know, maybe look at it, frame it differently. And maybe you could see it as, an evolution of sorts that could be an opinion you've held your whole life. I mean, mm-hmm. but wouldn't we want like say Nazis, <laughs> like if there were any hope in the world, if they were like, I don't know, that's just how, that's how I was raised. Wouldn't we want to be like, yeah, but you could 
do better. That right. would be like the best if they could somehow reform. Um, but so yeah, you definitely, definitely, I definitely keep the window open for change in every individual to do better. Yeah, I mean, patience wears thin, <laughs> but like, right, I yeah. think we, you, you, you know, you kind of, to hold that space is really, really um, important, I think, um, when it comes to discourse. I'm not gonna argue with everybody, but also if there is a space for grace to let people say, hey, I was actually wrong and I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's, it's necessary for people to do that. And right, right. That's what I yeah. think. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you asked that. You turned the tables on me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Um, Okie doke. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Um, thank you. Uh, and uh, a happy <laughs> 2021 to you. We're It's still basically the first week of the year, right? Oh, uh, it's the ninth, so technically no. Uh, okay. Right. It's already it's already the ninth. Already the second week of twenty twenty one. The second week of Rob having to rewrite all your checks because you wrote twenty twenty first. Uh, and you know how many checks <laughs> I write. You know, you know my lifestyle. <laughs> all right. Have a blessed day, Ethan. I'll see you later. Yes, I will see you later too, Reggie. Have a good one. You too. Bye. See ya.